Welcome to the sermon podcast of Exodus Church, located in Belmont, North Carolina. For more information about our church and the many ways you can be involved, please go to our website at theexoduschurch.org or email us at info at theexoduschurch.org. So if you'll take your Bible and turn to Habakkuk 3, uh, that's where we're going to be today. Now, this is our last week in this short Old Testament book. Habakkuk is a praying prophet that's speaking to God's people just before they go into what we know as the Babylonian captivity. You can read about that in Jeremiah. Uh, You can read about it in the book of Daniel. And Habakkuk is inviting us into his personal faith journey. That's what we're seeing in this book. And we see it in three prayers. The first prayer, Habakkuk's crying out to God, God, do you know what's going on? And God's answer to that is, I do know what's going on. And I'm at work in ways you would never believe. And then God tells Habakkuk his plan, which leads to the second prayer. The second prayer is, God, not do you know what's going on, but God, do you know what you're doing? Like, why would you do it this way? To which God basically responds, you're going to have to trust me. Which brings us to the third prayer. This is the third prayer here in Habakkuk 3 where Habakkuk basically says, okay, I'm going to trust you. Even though I'm anxious, even though I'm afraid, even though I don't understand what you're doing, I'm going to trust you, God. And I don't know of anything we need more right now than to know how to trust God. So I'm going to read a portion of chapter 3. I'll pray, and then we'll get into what God's Word says today. Look at chapter 3, verse 16. He says, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, The fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you. Uh, We come to you now asking to hear from your word. Lord, would you speak? Would you speak to our hearts? Would you you allow us to enter into this faith journey that Habakkuk is on? And would you help us say from our hearts what he says? Holy Spirit, you know every story, you know every heart, you know every situation of those watching this in this moment. So Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you uh, work? Would you transform hearts? such that we would say, yet I will trust you. Regardless of what we're facing, would you give us hearts that would do that? Would you open our eyes to see and ears to hear wonderful things from your word today? We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Now, we're gonna see two things from the passage today. We're gonna see God's record, and we're gonna see Habakkuk's Resolve. We're going to start with God's record. Now, what we see in verses 1 through 15 is Habakkuk um, remembering God's record from the Old Testament story. And he starts with a, a reminder of God's strength. He says in verse 2, O Lord, I've, I've heard the report of you. 
And your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So he remembers what he's heard about God's strength from history. He remembers what he's heard about God's strength in what God has promised to do. And he says, Lord, I've heard, but I'm still afraid. And then he makes this plea in the midst of the years, revive what I've heard. That's what it means. Revive it. Revive what I've heard in the, in the midst of the years, make it known. In other words, from the time the Babylonians invade to the time you deliver us, God, help me remember your strength. Help me remember who you are and what you're doing. Help me remember God. Help me remember your record. And then in, in verses 3 through 15, he, he highlights God's strength. He says in verse 3, God came from Taman and the Holy, Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. Verse 4, his brightness was like the light raised, flashed from his hand. And there he veiled his power. So he's talking about the, the, the greatness of God's strength here that, that lightning flashes from his hand. And he says, that's a veiling of his power. He's talking about how, how, how great God is, that his splendor covered the heavens. And then look at verse six. He says, he stood and measured the earth. So he's so great, he stands above the earth and measures it. He looked and shook the nations. The, the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. And so Habakkuk is looking at God's record of strength and saying, he's so strong, he shakes mountains. And what Habakkuk is, is remembering is that God is so strong, he can move mountains. And if God is that strong, if God can move mountains, he can handle our moments. That's what Habakkuk is remembering as he thinks about God's record of strength here. God is so big, he can shake mountains, and so he can handle our moments. He's remembering God's record of strength here. And then look at verse 10. He says, the mountains saw you and ride. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It's lifted up its hands on high. So again, he's saying the mountains and the whole creation, mountains and rivers and oceans, all of these things worship you, God, because you're bigger than them. You're stronger than them. You're more majestic than they are. And Habakkuk wants, Habakkuk remembers, and he wants us to remember that if God can move mountains, he can handle our moments. And then Habakkuk moves from God's strength to God's story of salvation. In verse 13, he says, you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. Now, what Habakkuk is remembering here is not just God's strength, but God's story of salvation. He's remembering that God, in his strength, saved an undeserving people from Egypt. He's looking back on the Exodus, and he's remembering that the people were enslaved in Egypt, and God knew, and he saw, and he raised up Moses, and he sent Moses to Pharaoh to say, let my people go that they may worship me. Pharaoh didn't want to do that, but after God sent the plagues and his strength over Egypt, God relented and let the people go. And the people were delivered from by God's mighty hand. And Habakkuk is remembering that God's strength led to God's salvation of 
the people. And, and the geographic markers here in chapter 3 trace God's strength from Egypt through the wilderness into the promised land. And what Habakkuk is remembering is not just that God is strong, but that God has saved a people. And that at every moment of that people's history, God has been strong and has saved them. And so if God can deliver the people from Egypt, and he can protect the people in the wilderness, and he can see them into the promised land, then Habakkuk reasons he can handle the Babylonians, and he'll deliver us from Babylon. And so he sees his strength and his salvation, and he realizes, if God can handle my past, he can handle my future, and so I'll trust him in my present Habakkuk's remembering God's record. He sees that God has been strong. He sees that God has saved his people. And so he reasons, if God can handle my past, he can handle my future, and so I'll trust him with my present. Which brings us to Habakkuk's resolve. Now, in light of God's record, in light of what Habakkuk remembers, he resolves two things, and those things are set apart with the phrase, yet I will. We see two of them in verses 16 through 18. The first resolve is, regardless of what I'm going through, yet I will quietly wait. Let me show you where I find that. Look at verse 16. He says, I hear, I hear my body and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Habakkuk is hearing what God is about to do. He knows what's coming and he says, I'm anxious and afraid. Listen, trusting God doesn't remove anxiety and fear. Christians, all Christians experience anxiety and fear. The question is not, are you anxious and afraid? The question is, what do you do with that? Do you run to Jesus with it or do you run from Jesus with it? Habakkuk is still afraid and notice it's affecting his body. He says, my body's trembling, my lips are quivering, there's this rottenness in my bones, my legs are trembling. The emo his emotional life is affecting his physical reality. And listen, if we don't deal well with our anxiety and fear and our grief, it will affect our bodies, just like it is Habakkuk here. And yet, as he remembers God's record of strength and salvation, he resolves... In verse 16, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Now notice what he's saying here. He's saying, I'm going to wait quietly. I'm going to quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. So he's not saying, I'm going to quietly wait until things get bad. He's saying, I'm going to quietly wait while things are bad. Now listen, it's, it's hard, it's much harder to wait while things are bad than for things to get bad. He's not waiting on things to get bad, he's waiting while things are bad. Habakkuk says, yet I will quietly wait on the Lord. He says, listen, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what I'm facing, I will quietly wait on the Lord. His second resolution is in verses 17 and 18, where he resolves, 
regardless of what the future holds, yet I will rejoice. Look at verse 17. It says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Now, he's not speaking of the present where he's quietly waiting in the present. He's speaking of the future. And he's not uh, speaking of a possible future, but a probable one. He says, though the fig tree. And he's talking about economic ruin. He's talking about food shortage. He's talking about medical shortage. Olive oil was a medicinal thing at that time. And he says, even if I face all of those things, regardless of what the future holds, yet I will rejoice, Habakkuk says. Now, what a faith journey this praying prophet has endured. He, he moves from God, do you know what's happening? God, do you see? To God, God, do you know what you're doing? And now here in chapter three, God, because of who you are and what you've done, I'm gonna trust you regardless of what happens. That's spiritual maturity. That's, that's what Christian maturity looks like. It's not the absence of questions. I am confident that as he was quietly waiting for the day of trouble to come, and as he was watching all of this go down around him, I am confident he had questions. God, how much longer? God, is this as bad as it's gonna get? God, what are you doing in the world? But even in the midst of those questions, he says, I'm going to quietly wait, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to rejoice. You see, spiritual maturity, it's not the absence of questions. It's the presence of trust. And we've gotten the privilege of watching this praying prophet grow in that over the course of this short book. And so Habakkuk knows God's record. He remembers God's record. He resolves in light of who you are and what you've done. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to rejoice in you. So how do we apply this in our lives? Really just one thing. We need to remember so that we can resolve. We need to remember so that we can resolve. Habakkuk remembered God's character. He remembered God's promise. He remembered who God was and what God was doing. And that led him to resolve to trust him and rejoice in him. So we need to remember. One of the things I love about Habakkuk is that there is nothing he learns that's new about God's character or about God's promise. I mean, everything he learns about God in Habakkuk, he's known since he was a child. He, he remembers that God is strong. He's so big, he can move mountains. I remember when our kids were small, we would teach them this song, our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. I mean, we, we, we learn this when they're kids. And we need to remember this, particularly in difficult days. We need to remember, if God can move mountains, he can handle my moments. We need to remember this. That needs to get deep down in our gut because we're going to face hard days. We're going to face hard moments. We need to remember that God is strong, that he's mighty, 
But that wasn't new for Habakkuk. He had known that for years. The second thing he remembers is that God had saved an undeserving people. Habakkuk knew the story. He knew that God's people didn't deserve to be saved from Egypt. He knew that God's people didn't deserve to be saved from Babylon. He was face to face with that. He had said that over and over in chapter one. He knew that God had saved an undeserving people from Egypt and would save an undeserving people from Babylon. He remembered that. And we need to remember it as well. We teach our kids when they're little, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. We need to remember that. They, little ones need to remember that. Big ones need to remember that. Because when we lose our temper or when we sin and fall short of God's glory or when we're facing the weight of sin and shame, we need to remember not just Jesus loves me. We need to remember Jesus died for me to forgive me of my sin. And Jesus rose from the grave to give me eternal life so that if I place all my hope in him and surrender all my life to him, I might be saved we need to remember that God is strong. We need to remember that God saves an undeserving people. We need to remember so that we will resolve to say to God, regardless of what I'm going through in this moment, I'll quietly wait. I'll trust you. And regardless of what the future holds, God, I will rejoice in you. We remember those things. We remember God's strength. We remember God's salvation so that we can resolve. I will trust you and I will rejoice in you. And listen, we've had a, we will have a lifetime of moments. We will have a lifetime of moments where we need to resolve. I will trust you and I will rejoice in you. And when we face those moments, when we face those difficult moments, we will respond with either, and so I'm done, or yet I will. And when we, we, when we face hard moments, some of us have faced hard moments and we've said, look, I thought being a follower of Jesus meant I wouldn't have hard moments. I thought all of this would be easy when I trusted Jesus. And then you face a hard moment and your response is, and so I'm done. And then some of us, we, we face easy moments. Things get easier or things get easy and we have this response. I'm done because Jesus, I don't need you for easy, but I'll let you know when I need you again. And then sometimes we can just get into normal moments. It's not hard. It's not easy. It's just kind of normal. And we would never say this out loud, but what can so often happen is we can in our hearts think, I'm done because, God, I don't need you for normal. I'll let you know when I need you when things get hard again. We will face a lifetime of moments where we will need to remember the Lord and resolve to trust him. And listen, 2020 has given us no shortage of these. Some of us have lost jobs this year. And we could respond, and so I'm done or yet I will trust you and rejoice. Some of us have lost loved ones this year, and we could respond, and so I'm done, or yet I will trust you and rejoice. 
Some of us have lost dreams and plans and experiences. Man, my heart breaks for you seniors. Like you're, you're about to graduate from high school and this year has not looked at all like you thought it would be. Or mom and dad, like you're, you're facing a senior year and it doesn't look like what you had expected. And there can be something in our hearts that say, and so I'm done. My hope is that we would say, yet I will rejoice. I will trust you and rejoice. We're going to face a lifetime of moments, a lifetime of moments where we get to make that choice. And my prayer for us, my prayer for us is that we would be a people who remember, that we would be a people who remember God's strength, that if he can move mountains, he can handle our moments, and that we would be a people who remember God's salvation, that if he can forgive my sin, he can handle my future. And that when we face those moments, we would say, yet I will quietly wait. I will trust you in my present and I will rejoice in you whatever the future brings. That's my hope for us. Let's pray to that end. Let's pray together. Father God, we, we come to you in the midst of a difficult time, in the midst of a difficult moment. And for many of us, we're facing a choice right now to say, and so I'm done, or yet I will. Lord, I pray. I pray that you'd grab every heart watching this. I pray you'd grab every heart listening. And that you would make us into people who would say, yet I will. Regardless of what my present is, regardless of what my future brings, yet I will quietly wait, yet I will rejoice. Make us those people, oh God. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're big enough to move mountains. Thank you that when you lived here, you, you silenced waves so you can handle our moment. Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for our sin to forgive us so you can handle our future. I pray that you'd help us trust you today. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.